Welcome to ESOP, a place for you to share your story. I'm your host, Nicole DeBoom. Enjoy the show. I'm Robin Hall, and this is my story. Robin, welcome to the show. Hey, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Holy cow. On a snowy day in Steamboat. Um, I'm oh so gosh. excited to kick this off with you. So fun. I know it's so crazy that we're not sitting across from each other, but this is how the world works these days. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm like kind of complimenting myself by saying like, I feel like Robin and I are old friends, but you might be like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about this one, but I felt like that the minute I met you. Yeah, it was fascinating. I feel like our worlds collided and then we just grooved. And I think it's kudos to you for being just so open and sweet and sharing and entrepreneurial spirit and um, just loving the outdoors. I don't know. Our, our planets overlapped beautifully. So yeah, no, I'm like, oh, I've known Nicole for years. <laughs> well, they were meant to come together. And, you know, really, we have something very much in common, something that I just ended and sort of let go of a very long journey and a journey that you are actually just stepping into. And I think that's the story we're going to be talking about today, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. I'm winding up and actually you're winding up too with all your new endeavors. So it's really exciting for both of us. It is. All right. So let's talk about this wonderful, beautiful company you're starting. What's the name of it? It's called Town Hall. It's a sustainable kids outdoor apparel. So we are creating jackets and pants and things to arm kids for the outdoors to go love their adventures and play outside longer. And we're doing it all out of Steamboat Springs and our core, 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 core values are community and planet. And just how can we build a better jacket that actually is planet positive and gets back to the earth and helps us sustain longer and then continues to build this great community of ours in Northwest Colorado, but also encourages kiddos to build communities wherever they are. You know, just from that like kind of elevator pitch, there's a lot to dissect. And I think people automatically get a sense of who you are your connector, your community person, your relationship person. And I think it's a really important time to be capturing this story because it's the beginning and you only get to start once, right? You only get this one time to tow the starting line of this incredible company that you hope becomes something meaningful and important. I mean, all of this stuff, it's, there's a lot of emotion tied in, isn't there? For sure, for sure. And I love that you just said something meaningful and important as opposed to something big, because we're not trying to be big. We're not trying to grow fast. We're not trying to get bought, take investors, all those big things. We just want long, slow, steady growth so that we can build jobs and keep building communities. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. You know, I was reflecting yesterday with a girlfriend who said, you've been doing this for a year. I mean, you now have jackets hanging behind you in the Zoom call. And we were talking a year ago and you were saying, I, I think I'm going to do this. I don't know how this is going to go. And a year has gone by and here we are. So yeah, I've been at this for about 18 months and you're right. It, it does feel very special. And I appreciate you wanting to capture this and helping us capture this moment in time. Let's lay the foundation. How did the idea hit? Well, it started out as a bad story. Um, on August 13th, 2018, um, I was working at Smartwool and uh, in Steamboat Springs, and I was going to retire there. I mean, the best, it's, and it still is, the best company, culture, passion, products, everything you could ever imagine. And uh, I just adored it. And we got an announcement um, on that day in 2018 that the company was moving to Denver because our parent company was pulling us down there. And for all the right reasons on their end, but for our end, our family looked at each other and said, 
we aren't leaving this incredible town. So um, a gentleman in town named Joe, um, who's an entrepreneur himself, actually got a couple of us together and said, you guys can't leave. I mean, we got to give back to this great community and use this brain trust that's here. And so it came together and are famously talked about now our town hall Venn diagram. So, you know, we looked at each other and said, why are we staying? It's really this community and our kids. Uh, We can't take our kids out of this incredible place to grow up. And what are we good at? Well, we're pretty good at outdoor apparel. We get it. And uh, we we love the outdoor industry. We have 25 plus years between us uh, with our other partner, Jay. And then what are we passionate about? And it's really the planet. How do we get to planet positive and not just creating stuff to create more stuff? So those three things met in the middle. And we saw some great white space in the market for a pure play kids outerwear company. And so we're starting Town Hall out of Steamboat. And we're going to stay here. And we're for right now, I mean, we're using accountants and web designers and photographers and everyone you can imagine. Everyone's from Steamboat and Northwest Colorado as a whole. And it just feels so good. It's been great. Can we pick apart this Venn diagram? Totally. So I'm not surprised knowing that community is a huge part of, you know, your tripod that you started with a group. You know, I started my last company by myself on a run. You know, I was alone when the idea hit and I was alone as I built it. You started with a team. You had support and camaraderie and people to bounce things off. And that is really special. I was reflecting as you're asking that question. That is fascinating because I I think I do a lot of things on a team. I, I don't make decisions in a silo. And in fact, my husband, we've been together since high school. He is my second half of my brain. I mean, we bounce every single thing off each other all the way down to, we shot these photos yesterday for town hall, which one looks better. I mean, and so he might be annoyed with me, but I just work in a team environment so well. And yeah, you're right. You're right. That is interesting. I I don't know if I could do this alone. And I think the best companies, the ones that make it for the long term, they don't do it alone. So you're off on the right track there. Let's talk more about this Venn diagram. Explain what it looks like. So one circle is really community and kids. So that's our that's our core value. Um, and then we had to think about, okay, well, what's the actual company we're going to build? And so we said, what can we make? I mean, can we make widgets? Can we make, should we start a service business? What do we do? And we said, we've got between two of us, Jay and myself, we've got over 25 years of outdoor industry experience. And Jay is, has been in the trenches for years in the supply chain side and on the product side. And then I was kind of, I hate to say, a jack of all trades, master of none at Smartwall with just gobs of experience across all different projects. And so I was able to, I'm able to kind of get to like 75, 85% on a lot of areas within the outdoor industry. So that feels really good. And then, you know, our passion around planet and just the focus specifically in the outdoor industry, has been fantastic on creating sustainable goods over the past years. And we've just been watching the companies like the Pranas and the Cotopaxis and the Patagonias and the Outer Knowns um, just doing incredible things. And so we thought, gosh, we actually want to go one step further and try and be planet positive, where we're actually every piece we make actually gives back to the planet. So um, we are striving for that and we're working pretty hard towards it. And we're excited. How do you do that? Great question. First step is you've got to figure out where the bulk of your greenhouse gas emission, where the bulk of your impact on the planet is. All the apparel industry, it's really materials and packaging. Um, And I learned that through my years as director of sustainability at Smartwall. So how do we, first of all, hone our supply chain and do everything we can to focus on limiting and minimizing our greenhouse gas emissions? So do that. Great. I mean, it's not easy. It's not as simple as a check, but do that. (laughs) And then at the end of the line, then we say, okay, well, we're left with this you know, amount because we're making stuff. 
So we want to go the route of carbon offsets. And, you know, those are a little bit taboo right now because some people think it's just kind of wishing away all your woes and writing a check for at the end of the line. And where we want to go is actually bringing it back to kind of that juicy community, lovely feel of, gosh, could we do our carbon offsets locally in Northwest Colorado? Could we go up to, I haven't talked to Molly and Joan about this, but Fetcher Ranch and plant 10,000 trees to do it? Or could we do something out in Craig or what have you? So getting as much out of our supply chain and out of our normal business operations as far as impact on the planet, and then going one step further and buying offsets to actually cover above and beyond the impact we're making. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> we've, talked, <laughs> we've talked planet positive. We've talked community a bit. We haven't talked product yet. So, you know, kids is an interesting business. I mean, kids grow. Clothing doesn't last forever for them. Like, why did you decide to take on kids, specialty kids outerwear? Between the three founders, we have six kids and we see our kids just ripping through stuff. And we see our kids falling in love with the planet and wanting to do everything they can to save it. And we see kids handing things down. We see kids throwing things into a landfill because things were bought cheaply. So we saw a clear gap and we also saw in the outdoor industry specifically, and a lot of apparel that, you know, the bigger companies, bless their hearts, they're focused on the adults. And so they're, you know, the old mantra of shrink it and pink it for women, they're doing the same for kids. And so how do we really create things with kids in mind? So ours, our pieces are hundred percent kid focused. We had down at Butcher Knife Staley Park um, all summer, we ran consumer insights, you know, meetings with watermelon and lemonade for the kids behind masks and understanding how do you shop? What do you care about? You know, what are the things you look for? Where do you like your pockets? Do you like a hood over the top? You know, all those little things. So we are 100% laser focused on kids and all the while developing those things sustainably, you know, using recycled materials, using cut and sew efficiencies, those types of things. You know, I think it's so interesting. So my old company, Skirt Sports, made women's clothing. So I was the person I was making the clothing for. And I'm like, you know, it's different when you're making kids clothing because, yeah, we can go, well, we were kids once, so blah, 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 blah. But you're not right now. But yet kids the age that you're making clothing for, they don't have the skills to make their own clothing and start their own company yet. So you have to be like a vessel for them to do that. I mean, it is it is complicated. And I have watched your efforts to engage the kids in the process. And I, I'm sure other companies have to do this. They can't just like try kids clothing on adults, but like you're crushing it with kids engagement in this community. And I just, I'm so excited to see it. That's my like little love note to you. Thank you. You're the best. Oh my God. I love it. I learned it all watching you. (laughs) Oh, come on. Well, so here's my other thing. So you've been roughly a year working on this project, right? And it's like kind of soft launched in little pieces and it's the big launch is coming oh so soon. I want to capture some of the things that have happened in this year because you will forget them. This is the beginning. These are the memories that are gritty and crazy. The stuff that you'll look back and go, oh my gosh, that's how we used to name the colors or whatever. (laughs) No. So let's go through some cool stuff. Like what are some of your biggest surprises in this first year of getting a company off the ground? I think one, and it's completely not, I'm not exaggerating here by any means. The one thing that has surprised me the most about this process, Nicole, is 
the community. It's so crazy to me. And it's not just Steamboat. It's not just Northwest Colorado. It's the outdoor industry. It's the community that somehow I've built that I've been lucky enough to step into. I cannot believe the outpouring of support and love and care and time given and constructive criticism that people have given and, you know, pats on the back and high fives and reposting of things to support me. I just, and it's not just me. I mean, it's this whole brand. And I'm just, that's been the biggest surprise is, wow, I'm not starting this in a vacuum. There is this whole world out there that is just cheering us on, wanting us to win and succeed. And so that's been just, I'll never forget that. I mean, I spent, you know, all of COVID year on Zoom calls. I try and do three to five a week with just random people I would find on LinkedIn or friend of a friend that was just half hour, whatever I could get with them and say, what's working for you? How did you spread brand awareness? What's the biggest thorn in your side? How did you start all those things? Who do you use as an accountant? You know, everything. That was magnificent. So that was a big one. You know, I would say what I'm remembering going back in time is that when you're starting, you're nervous and you're kind of aware, like trying to be aware of all the signs that are telling you not to go forward or stop. This is not a good idea. But instead, what you're doing is seeing doors that are wide open. And the minute you get to them, they swing open and just keep walking through. It's so, so, so true. Yeah, there was just a host of opportunities and ideas. And then the things you get mired in that it was like banging your head against a wall for eight weeks is finally done. And you're like, okay, on to the next thing. So tell me, like, what are some of those things? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything from the legal setup of the company, not that I mean, our attorney is fantastic, but just the decisions that need to be made and how you build out ownership of the company between three founders and those types of things. Yeah, deciding what the line's going to be um, from a product perspective. What are we actually making? Is it ski? Is it snowboard? Is it who does it appeal to? Colors? How do you name colors? But how do you? <clears throat> how did you name your colors? We actually did use the Pantone names, um, but the, <laughs> but the, so a little boring there. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but they sounded fun. I mean, persimmon orange and goji berry. What fun, oh, yeah. right? They, they can do a good job with those. Well, how did you name your products? Products were interesting, actually. Um, you know, a little bit behind the curtain, we've got a, we've always called it our ski jacket. It's our performance ski jacket because it has all the bells and whistles, the pit zips and the pass pocket and the powder skirt and all the things for the kids. But we didn't want to call it a ski jacket because we don't want to alienate borders. We don't want to alienate kids that just get after it in snow. So we thought, um, let's call it the, you know, mountain town jacket. Cause if you're in a mountain town, you kind of need that one level up. And we liked using the word town. We learned that from smart. Well, if you put smart in anything, it's fantastic. Then we have like kind of an all around jacket and we call that one the around town. Um, so we're like, you're in the mountain town, you're wearing this kind of big dog, more expensive, all the bells and whistles. If you're in Chicago and you're a kiddo, you're walking to school and you want to stay warm, then maybe you come to ski in Breckenridge um, once a year. The around town's fantastic. And then for our down recycled down puffy, we call it the downtown. So you can see all the witticisms, but yes, it's an interesting process and um, not stepping on toes and being inclusive and all the things, you know, Um, we're not just building this apparel for the kids that are hucking 360s in the park. We're building it for all kids that just want to get outside. We want every kid to love outside. That's our mantra. Okay. So we have talked about this before and I'd love for you to explain it. There's a difference in your guys' language between outdoors and outside. How did you come to that? You know, the outdoor industry feels a little exclusive. Going outdoors is like, wow, you imagine 
you know, 14ers, you imagine these big peaks and you imagine going out for three nights in a row or an ultra run or what have you. And when you think about the word outside, then on the flip side, you think about every kid as a kid growing up, their parents said, just go outside and play, just go outside. I don't care what you're doing, but just go look for a worm off the back step or go down and race <laughs> popsicle stick boats in the water in your little creek or whatever it is. So we really felt like outside can mean anything to anyone, just being out in nature, enjoying and ha- getting the fresh air, whether you're gardening or skiing or what have you. We thought that outside was more inclusive and draws more people and it's more welcoming. I agree. I love it. And I think our biggest like enemy, the thing that we're all battling are screens. They're not our enemies, but like it's the volume of screen time that we're battling. And so what you guys are even doing by nature of creating this brand, I like to call it a brand more than a business or a company because brands are are things that have staying power, right? You really create them and nurture them. You're becoming an alternative to screens. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have there been any hiccups? Were there any things in this like first year of getting off the ground where you're like, all right, we'll be doing this, 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 like we're going to launch the products at this time or this day or, you know, anything like that. All of it. I mean, best laid plans, right? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a project manager by heart and by trade. And so when a project gets off budget, off timeline, I am up at night and that's what I am here. You know, we're, being one person, three people in our team, we're so reliant on everyone around us. So whether it's the supply chain issues overseas right now, which I'm scratching my head, I have a little headache over, whether it's, you know, just finding other people's time to to help and just turn things around, it's hard. You know, I'd say pinpointing, yeah, you know, we wanted to launch, I wanted to launch LogoWare in March, April to cover the entire summer. And then we were hoping to have everything out in August, all of our outdoor wear. And we're thinking, oh, back to school, kids can stock up on a puffy, all the things. And here we are, October, whatever. And uh, we're coming out, probably give us another two weeks. But, but, but it's all about the famous word of last year's pivoting and figuring out how to dance. And I think through COVID, there's been so many ahas on so many personal levels for so many people. But one is, shopping locally and just people want to give back to their community and commute comes back to community. It's all those, you know, people saw restaurants go out of business in their little towns and they want to give back and make sure their favorite restaurant stays there. They want us to succeed. They want to buy jackets for their kiddos that are from people like me that they know. So I think it's been, everyone's been incredibly patient and sweet. And I've also learned in this year, the pressure that I'm feeling is only the pressure that I'm feeling from myself. And so how do I step outside myself for a moment, think about what the world's expecting of me and what I'm expecting of me and go back to basics on how I am able to manage those fears and difficulties. I know how you do it. You go outside. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Run outside, mountain bike outside, ski outside. That's right. You know, have there been any like heartwarming stories that have come out of this process for you? Any kids or, or families or people who've been like, this is helping me, this is helping my kid, you know, in some way that they didn't expect. Usually these are heartwarming stories or things that were unexpected that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, the partnerships, the partnerships have been huge. So we're partnering with um, two local nonprofits uh, in town. One's called Integrated Community, who actually helps folks from out of country uh, integrate into our Northwest Colorado community. It's incredible. And then Boys and Girls Club of Northwest Colorado. And 
the stories from engaging and, and hanging out with those kids are just mind-blowing. Um, they partnered with a group called Cycle Effect out of Vail Integrated Community this summer and where they taught kids, literally girls, Hispanic girls, to ride a bike. And by the end of the summer, by the end of six weeks, they were able to get their chain back on, pump up their tires, and they rode a lap around Emerald. And so I rode with them on their last day and just talking to those girls and, and then having them ask me questions about Town Hall and how do you start that business and what do you do and what are the jackets? And there's just kids have so much depth and nothing gets by a kid. Like they are listening, they are paying attention, even if they're not vocalizing, they're just little sponges. And it's been so cool to watch even my own kids. We talk about the PL, the profit and loss statement at our dinner table. And they're like, why do you have to charge that? I'm like, well, here we go. Let's get out the whiteboard, you know, and just the inquisitiveness of kids and the caring of them and their love for the planet. They just keep saying, that's made out of plastic bottles. Yep, it is. And they're like, mom, mom, we got to get one of these, you know? And so it's the kid connection. I, I didn't realize how much that was going to give back to me. And that's really special. I was talking to Will, that's your oldest, right? Mm-hmm. At yep. the sort of local, I'm going to call it the pre-launch, but it really to me was the launch of your company in a more public way. And you did pre-orders out of a garage down an alley and there were tents set up and it was a party and everyone came. And I'm dying to get our puffy, Wilder's puffy, because we're in the middle of a mid-October snowstorm right now. I said to Will, so are you helping your mom with this project? And he said, well, yeah, I've been doing some consumer insights with her at, at dinner or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute how old are you? Like 15 or something? Like you're doing consumer. I didn't even know what that meant. And I just was thinking about how important it is that your kids and then the ripple effect around them see their parents doing things that are passion driven and especially even their moms, you know, and this podcast isn't about men or women or anything, but I love to personally see strong women in leadership positions. And I think that's going to be a really important thing for your kids as they grow up, that they watched you do this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, I was listening to a prior podcast of yours where Sandy Graves said that the one thing her dad was sad that he couldn't give her was the gift of poverty and trying to live and learn through how to... and. We are by no means in poverty, please believe me, but this last year has been hard for us and we've been pushing through and we've never had to cinch down our belts real hard and work on things. And so that's been a life lesson for the kids too. Like hang in there, boys, hang in there. We just, mommy's just got to sell some more jackets and then we can, you know, go away for a couple of nights or whatever it is. And it sounds so cheesy, but so many learnings out of this to your point. And I also give unbelievable credit to my husband who is not only my partner in crime, but like having him defer to me and, and talk about me behind my back out of earshot about how amazing the work we're doing is and having the kids, you know, pulling the kids along and Hey, we got to go support mom. We got to go do this. And then the kids are right there with us. So yeah, it's been really special. Don't make me cry. (laughs) Well, I'm going to, maybe I'll try harder to make you cry here. There's a few more things that have hit me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first thing is that this company can go a whole lot of ways. And this brand can go a whole lot of directions. And one of the things that I found both most challenging and most fulfilling was to continue to 
evolve the brand based on what's going on in the market, how people are shopping, how people are buying. You could become a multi-level marketing company, having kids parties all over the place. You could be a direct-to-consumer only selling on your website. You could just go to events. You could make your own events and that's where you sell your brand. Like, There's a million ways that you can slice this thing. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, you said it earlier, you got to sell more jackets but you're not selling jackets. right? You're selling something else. Do you know what you're selling to these kids yet and these families? Well, I I hope it's inspiration and I hope it's um, passion for the outdoors and all the things, you know, all those values and value-based brands, which I learned so much from Smartwool is just, you know, I never say starting a business is easy, but learning and having the foundation of purpose and values at the core of everything you do makes every decision simple, you know? And when we think about, you know, what event should we host or where should we go? Where is that adding value to us as, as a company? Is it adding value to the community we're trying to build? So it's been, yes, it is interesting. I, I, I hate to say it at the end of the day, though, we do have to sell jackets to keep us in business so we can keep doing that. And that's why I go to slow growth. Let's just sell enough jackets to keep giving back the 3% we've promised to give back of profit to the planet. So yeah, it all works together. It all works together. together. It does. Well, I'm going to remind you of something right now. And the world seems crazy. Jackets are flying. P&Ls are (laughs) in the back of your brain. Like next year, you've already planned it. Like things are crazy. But today is the least crazy day you will have. Today is the calmest day you are going to have because every day going forward will get bigger, will get more fulfilling, will become more complete and will stretch you in different kinds of ways. And so when you hit those points as a strong woman leader in business, when you need to go take your time, you need to take that time, go outside and do it because You just need to keep taking those breaths and remind yourself that you can handle it. That's it. That's my advice for you. Almost crying. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And scared because I'm like, it can get crazier than this. Oh my God. (laughs) It's going to get crazy um, in different ways, but you can handle it. You've been there. It's just going to be a new version of where you've been. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Oh, you're the best. As we wrap it, are there any lessons that you want to share from this very first year of, of starting this amazing brand right before the big launch is upon us? Lessons that I've learned are follow your passions. Follow your passions and include, include people in your community. And, you know, I watched, well, maybe personal, but I, I watched my dad um, towards the end of his life not have a lot of friends and not have someone to call or talk to besides my mom. And it was hard thinking about, wow, he doesn't really have a community. And so everything from end of life to right now to kids, we all need community. And I think your community is what you make of it. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be vast, but find those people that are inspiring to you, that you can cry on their shoulders and that will give you advice and and talk you off the ledge every once in a while. So yeah, as we approach the big launch, here we go. Here we go. I'm excited. All right. I got one more question to wrap it. Do you have any expectations? I think the happiest moment for me is going to be when I see a kid skiing on Steamboat Mountain, when I bump into a kid from afar and go, that's Town Hall, they're wearing it. 
So that's my one expectation is the glee from that and taking photos and posting that and hugging that kid and apologizing the mom for hugging them. Um, but I mean, expectations, I, I, I expect we can do this. I, I think we can do this. I wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think we could do it. And so I'm very, very excited to see where this goes. And I couldn't go to my grave thinking I didn't give this a go or try this. And I'm just incredibly pumped and, and so thankful. So thank you for sharing. Can't wait to see what year two brings. You're the best. Thanks, Nicole.